0: Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astro-curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 164 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I just shout short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. All right, let's get into today's episode. Today, we're talking about one of my most requested topics, astrocartography. And my special guest is Rebecca Gordon. Welcome, Rebecca.
1: Hi, Teresa. It's great to be here with you again.
0: So good to have you here. And again, like I just mentioned, This is a topic I have had so many requests for, and this is not my wheelhouse at all. So for people who are listening, this is why you've never heard me talk about it. It's not my wheelhouse. I have to bring somebody in who understands it because I only know like such basic information. So I'm delighted you're here to talk about it. And in a nutshell, before we start talking about travel and this and that, what is astrocartography? How can you explain that for people?
1: All right. So astrocartography is the study of the positioning where you are based on your longitude and latitude on the planet in regards to your uh, birth chart. So, for example, if you're born in New York City, you're going to have a rising sign. Let's just say it is uh, zero degrees of Leo. Let's just say now your planets will not change sign. But when you change location, the wheel will turn. So they will all be in different houses. So essentially, astrocartography shows the movement of the planets and houses based on wherever you position yourself on a planet. So therefore, it brings out various personality characteristics. It will sublimate others. Um, Essentially, you are who you are, who you are. But wherever you go on the planet, different parts of you will become louder or quieter. So that's what astrocartography can sort of uh, do for you. Um, It can accentuate or sublimate certain parts of you. Um, And it's something that just happens naturally. You know, when you go on vacation somewhere, you notice, oh, isn't it interesting? Whenever I go there, I feel like this. So you probably already notice these kinds of personality traits coming out more or less in other locations, but you haven't perhaps looked at your cartography maps there to see.
0: Well, that is the best way to explain it that I've ever heard. So <clears throat> the next thing I want to ask you, so I, of course, anyone who's studying it, you're going to look at your own chart first. And I remember looking and I'm like, oh, my God, there's only one line going through the U.S. for my chart, and it's through like like Texas and Montana places. I would never go, and I think it's my Venus line. And I'm like, wait a minute, what does this mean? I can't live in New York, or I mean, what's the deal, Rebecca?
1: Okay, so I wanted to dispel some myths there and uh, talk about astrocartography because I see a lot of people are, are saying these sort of things like, oh, my Venus line moves through here, or my Neptune line, and all of that. What you really need to do in cartography is put the actual city or state and country into the astrology software and look at the chart instead of the lines. Because when somebody says to me, my Venus line is going through there, that means their Venus is on their midheaven or their see, midheaven is your career point, or your Imam Kuali, the base of your chart, or your descendant, or your ascendant, one of the northeast-southwest four corners. That means something. But what means a lot more is the entire chart. So I tend to look at that. Um, first now that said, I remember when I was 24 years old, a friend came to me and said, Hey, I want to go to India and, uh, you know, find, find myself one of, one of those kinds of things. Let's go to India and explore, uh, the Vedas and everything. And so I looked at her chart, first of all, in all of the cities she wanted to go to. And I saw she had a very, she had a natal Neptune square Mars which could make her very susceptible to um, allergens, toxins, poisons, anything, you know, it just gives her more of a sensitive system, right? Neptune square Mars. Now, naturally that square was in what we call cadent houses in astrology. So they didn't get a lot. They didn't have all the big airtime. However, she went to India, her Neptune line showed up on an angle. Mars showed up on an angle like the Northern and the Eastern angles, that means those parts of her became very loud. So it showed me that, yes, she might have a deeply transformative spiritual experience. And yes, she also might get very bad food poisoning or um, go through something that is... uh, harder to reverse even because it was such an exact square that it made me worried. I almost was, I think I was saying to her, I wouldn't recommend going to India. And I remember saying that to her. Um, And we looked at this and she said, Oh, it's going to be fine. Now she actually did have one of the rare cases where she did get some kind of strange bug there that lasted for what, like 15 years later. Um, And I remember going always back to that and thinking, "Wow, that's what happens when you you have a hard aspect and you move somewhere that it gets a lot louder." So you also want to be careful to not move somewhere where you're, the challenging parts of your chart get more challenging. Um, and maybe that was all part of the the karmas of life and the stories and things she had to learn there too. You know, I'm sure it. She's worked it all out now, uh, but it was something that I never forgot because it was such a clear case of how our star cartography works. So um, the lines, you know, I pay less attention to your Venus line and Neptune line, more so what angle is it on? And uh, I look at the whole chart. Um,
0: So planets on the angular houses is a pretty big deal
1: absolutely a planet on in 147 or 10 is going to be a lot louder than other planets planets on the angles get a lot more airtime so if you're moving somewhere i would want the angular planets to be well aspected um if you have like a, a anything you know a, a mars square pluto square saturn story i might not want to put that on the angles um that said in I look at the rising sign a lot because that shows me how you're going to show up in that city. I look at the chart ruler because the chart ruler, the ruler of the rising signs of your Virgo rising, I look at what's up with Mercury. Where is it? What is it doing? That becomes your avatar in that city.
0: That is so Um, interesting.
1: There's many other techniques overall with cartography, but generally Um, people come to me when they want to a certain outcome for their year ahead. And they say to me, where should I go on my birthday? So this is another (laughs) level of which maybe we should go into, which of astro cartography is traveling on your birthday for specific outcomes. So you can either move somewhere and like live there for good. And that's your chart there, or, if you want that sort of chart for a year, there's other places you could go on your birthday um, to elicit those sorts of responses.
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little story about that. First of all, Bob Marks wrote a book called uh, I think it's I got it somewhere here, like traveling for success on your birthday. It's it's you know a small book, but I got that book after some astrologer years ago said, you need to go to Los Angeles on your birthday. I'm like, Los Angeles? Why would I want to go there? I'm not interested. He goes, no, 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 no. Your chart's going to be great. If you do, you're going to have a great year. And so I was kind of skeptical, but I'm a really big believer in, listen, you got to live your astrology just like you got to live your tarot, and it's never a passive act. you got to test this stuff out. And so I said, okay, I'm going to be a Petri dish here. And I went to Los Angeles, and on my birthday, I was in this beautiful Italian restaurant, having the most magical meal with my husband. And I said, I do feel like something's shifting. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's the wine. Well, anyhow, what ended up happening is I had this amazing year where all these opportunities opened up for me. So I became a huge believer in this. And I think Bob Mark's book is a book that everybody should have uh, if you are interested in this. So tell me about this, this traveling on your birthday. It's with your solar return chart, correct?
1: Yes. And I know Bob Marks too, from, from New York. I've met him a few times. He's great for sure. I can attest wonderful book uh, as well. Yes. Traveling on your birthday. So sometimes clients will come to me and they'll say something as simple as, Hey, I really need to get out of debt, or um, I'm looking to get syndicated as an author. And, you know, they might have a specific engine or I'm ready for love. Um, And they don't necessarily want to move to a new location. But if somebody's willing to travel on their birthday, what we do is look at the solar return chart. And by the way, a solar return is not always your exact birthday, it's the contextual relationship of the sun and earth from when you were born this year. So I would look at the solar return chart, which is very near your birthday, um, and try to find the city that would be most optimal to you. Now, One of the techniques that I do is if I see your, um, in your natal, in your solar return chart where you're at, your birthday chart, if I see a lot of planets in, say, cadent houses, three, six, nine, and 12, and I hear that you want to be expressing yourself more actively in the world this year, I might choose a state that's a bit west because that would move the planets from cadent to angular. So a lot of times we can go west if we want to move planets in from the ninth house to the 10th, from the 12th house to the first. And we go east, if we want to move the planets clockwise, essentially. Uh,
0: Ah, that's how it works. I just use a uh, calculator to look at it, but that makes sense. And so you're being really super intentional.
1: And also north and south too, to a degree when you move, I mean, Yeah, when you move south, it's similar to moving west, but not as much so. And same thing um, with moving north, Um, similar to moving east, but not as much so. So um, certainly there's a lot of math involved in this process. And if I'm doing uh, trying to find the ideal locations for somebody to be on their birthday, it takes a long time. There's a lot of research I might look at. This city, but I see 10 miles west, I can get that planted exactly on the angle. And so that's where we'll go. And usually I'll give a client a few options, say, this is my first choice. Um, But if you can't make there, I would go here and then here. Years ago, I sent somebody to a far off island or city in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, like really far out up there north. And I remember... um, she has been out of work for so long and she was in a lot of debt. And she said like, I'll travel anywhere. I just want to get out of debt. And I said, okay, are you sure anywhere? She says anywhere. (laughs) Okay. So this is like a dream come true for a cartographer. Right. And so I explored, explored. I went all looked at Europe, South America, Africa, everywhere. I ended up in Alaska and I found this one section of Alaska had all of the planets exactly where they needed to be for her to be a money magnet. So sure enough, she went there. She loved it. She was in Sleepy Fisherman's Village for a week. And uh, she got back to New York. And I did not know how it was going to happen. I had no idea. I thought, is it going to be some windfall or what? She got a job at actually one of the most high-paying law firms in New York after being out of work for so long as soon as she got back. And she got out of debt in a matter of months after that. It was unbelievable. So I've seen this happen so much like clockwork. I have another client that um, she wanted to get syndicated. I told her to go somewhere in the Virgin Islands and that worked out very well also. So you never know. It could be somewhere next door. It could be a remote, remote city in Alaska. Uh, But what I can say is that I've seen it work beautifully on the other side of it. I had to be in New York on my last solar return. And I had all these planets in my sixth house. And I was like, oh no, we know what that means. There's a lot of kind of tedious, menial work. Sometimes things we don't like to do, we have to do, we have to deal with health issues sometimes. Now I'm somebody that never has health issues. And for the first time that year, I had so many strange nagging health issues. I've had to go to the doctor more than ever. And um, that was definitely a sixth house year for me. So I can say that on the other side of it, that happens. So this year I saw the same chart and I'm planning to to be in Ibiza on my birthday. Um, Avoid, avoid those transits.
0: So So. smart. And I got to tell you, since that, that situation with Los Angeles, that was many, many moons ago. uh, It was something then I, every year I do my solar return and I try to look at, Where am I going to be? Where can I be? And I've also done this with clients too, where it's like, listen, your birthday's coming up. Bob Mark says, this is what you do. Get the heck out of here. Um, You know, so I, I know that it works. And with COVID now, of course, the last couple of years, I've been stuck here on my birthday. In fact, this year, I've wasn't going anywhere. But when I looked at the solar return, it wasn't looking too bad. So I'm like, oh, okay, this hopefully should be a good year. And I know that you've taken a little peek at my solar return. So can you give an example, like one or two key points so people can hear it in action and understand it?
1: Yeah, Teresa, I just had pulled up your solar return. I was, I was really wanting to see what it looked like. Uh, Hold on one second. I'm just going to pull it up here. Okay, so you were in Milwaukee on your birthday, right? Yep, I had no choice. Yes. okay, let's have a look. Um, this is a great solar return. I was so happy when I first saw this one. Um, first of all, you it's a great thing you were there and you didn't move because this is the Leo rising first of all, which makes the sun The center of it, it makes the sun your avatar. Now you're a Gemini sun. The Gemini sun is in the eleventh house, shining bright. Uh, Some beautiful sun trining Saturn, so it shows a great connection um, with stability, rhythms, pace, um, all of that. We also see a crown of stars, like half the solar system, at the apex of your chart uh, in the tenth house. Venus and Dignity, which I love. So it shows the House of Career is a very strong Venus conjunct Uranus. It shows you're taking an innovative approach. What are you up to, Teresa? Is there something brand new you're going to share? Writing,
0: with us? writing, writing. I'm, I'm, right, I'm right now I have a book launching August 1st, but I'm also working on my next book. And it's a topic I'm really excited about. And it is going to be very different.
1: Ooh, I can't wait to hear. It looks like it is different and new with Uranus conjunct Venus, the North Node, and Mercury. So that is a beautiful, innovative, sparkly crown of stars up there, um, and it shows the combination of both the words Mercury um, being called upon to present this new information, as well as Venus. There's some so much beauty in this information you're sharing. Maybe it's just a very beautiful book as well. There's something aesthetic here going on. It's, it seems. Um, But I love that. Uh, Now, the other house that's very active is the ninth house, which was publishing. And that obviously makes sense. Again, we have the ruler of the ninth, Mars in Aries. So such a strong ninth house, Mars. Um, Active publishing, trining the Ascendant, shows a good relationship with your publisher too, which I like a lot. Um, And overall, very strong. That the interesting thing about this chart is it's showing, because of these new career innovations, Teresa, it's also showing this change in your whole daily routine as Pluto's in your sixth house, training everything at the top. So kind of a changeover. I wonder what that will be in what you do in the fabric of the
0: day. Well, definitely having to make more time for writing. So that absolutely makes sense. It makes total sense. And I I really appreciate you sharing this information because I want my audience to see this is how it works. This is what we look at. We look at that solar return. And if I was in a different city, it's going to be a different chart. It's going to have a different flavor to it. And so uh, for cartography, that is what we do is we try to find uh, the perfect place to be. So that you have as much luck or you can be intentional. Now, the other thing I want to talk about real quick too is the chart ruler. I mean, what does that have to do with anything? Because you briefly mentioned something about that. And
1: um, the chart ruler is everything. When I first look at a chart, I looked at okay, first who is the chart ruler, then where is the chart ruler and what is it up to? Because that's basically like your personal avatar. So The way you figure out your chart ruler is you look at your ascendant and you see what sign that is, and then the planet that rules that. So, for example, if you have a Libra rising, Venus would be your chart ruler. And then you would see, okay, what house is Venus in? And what sign is she in? And that will tell me about where you are, who you are, what you're doing in that city, even if it's your natal city. So, let's say um, Venus is in your chart ruler. And she is in, let's say, the sign of Taurus in the second house. So that would mean that she's in dignity. Perhaps she is a craftsperson creating something very beautiful and making a great living from it, you know. But let's say the chart ruler is, um, we could say something else like Mercury. Let's say it's a Virgo rising and Mercury's your chart ruler. And the planet Mercury, let's say it's in the ninth house in Sagittarius. That would mean that you are here to share information through the world, through publishing, broadcasting, media, but the kind of information you share is very non-traditional. In fact, you're going to take information from where it's normally seen and bring it somewhere completely different, where it's never seen the light of day so that would show me that you're taking a big risk with information so the chart ruler the positioning of that tells me everything and in astrocartography that's actually one of the first things i look at is um who is the chart ruler where is it and and what is it up to because that tells me about really how you're functioning in that new city um and that is key essentially you're you're going to have like You have all sorts of aspects in your chart. Ideally, I look for the best aspects and I try to position them so they get, um, we can turn the volume up so they get more airtime. So I try to turn the volume up on the best parts of you if we're going to find an optimal astrocartography ultimately and turn down the parts that might be a bit more challenging, of course. So that's sort of the goal wherever we go.
0: So when you look at the chart ruler, do you look at the chart ruler for your natal chart or for the solar return chart?
1: The solar return or the cartography.
0: Yeah. Got it. So my, this year, my ascendant then is Leo, which is the sun. So then I would look and see what is the sun doing? And exactly. if, got it. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was, we look at our natal chart ruler or we look at the, the solar return. That makes so much sense. So <laughs> much sense. So, um, you also mentioned about moving planets from cadent to angular going west for expression is, um, I mean, any more that you want to say about that?
1: Well, maybe um, planets also might want to. So 12 house planets, like the 12 house is known as a, a Canaan house, right? Um, and that means that um, the three, the houses three, six, nine, and 12 are Canaan. Those are very important houses. They're basically the houses of third house thought patterns, sixth house habits, ninth house beliefs, and, and 12th house are deeper subconscious beliefs. Um, so that basically constructs our reality. Those houses, I don't want to undermine them. They're very important. Um, but when we have a lot of planets in those houses, the years can tend to be more interior. So if you want to more of an external year, you know we might go west, but that said, let's say you need a break from everything. We might want to move planets from a succeedent house or an angular house into the cadent houses if you're ready for a reset in your life. So uh you could certainly go uh east for that too, to move them from a cadent, I mean from an angular to a cadent. Um, and there's many ways to do that now. Some Interesting facts is like where when you have the moon in the fourth house, essentially, you're going to feel at home in that place, wherever that is. That's going to, if you travel somewhere, um, moon is in the fourth, it's going to feel safe to you. It's going to feel like home. If Jupiter's in the fourth, people will be very welcoming to you in that location. So it's nice to have planets like moon and Jupiter in the fourth house if you're, if you're uh, living or visiting somewhere as well. Um, if you have a lot of planets in the 10th house in a new location, that city can be a great career opportunity for you as well. Planets in the 11th, you'll meet a lot of friends there. Um, maybe if you have a heavy 5th or 7th house in a in a city, uh, you've got a lot of dates. <laughs> you'll meet new people. You'll walk across the bridge and, and people will want to take you out. Um, so I think you the question is always first, uh, what is your intention? What sort of life do you want? What sort of year would you like to have ahead? I did have a client recently that wanted a very 12th house year. Yeah. And he went to Hawaii on that. He was just ready for an absolute reset. He spent a solar return there and he's been thoroughly enjoying this 12th house journey. So it, it really depends on, on your intention. Um, but it's, it's, pretty amazing to see. Like, I remember the first time I went to Western Mexico, I felt more energy than I would ever felt in my life. You know, it was just so wonderful. Um, I think Mars was like on my ascendant or something like that. And, um, you know, Planets just moved into places where all of I was leading a retreat there, and all my friends were like, wow, Rebecca, I've never seen you like this before. And so we did all of our charts, and it was pretty amazing to see what new qualities um, a location can bring out. Uh, I always say, like, go to an Airbnb in a city that you like, your astro cartography and check it out because you will get all of the experiences you need, even in a few hours, a few days. You'll get the download of what the energy is like there for you. You'll, the chart will be active already. You don't need to spend a whole year there for it to play out. You could just spend a weekend or a week just test it out. You know,
0: it's kind of like again the year I went to Los Angeles and so many magical things happened. Happened for I like to say for me, not to me. Uh, so many doors opened up. So again, I can attest that it works. I've seen it work with my clients. Traveling for Your Birthday is Smart. And the book, I did get the title, so I want to make sure people get the right name for the book. It's How to Get More Love, Money, and Success by Traveling on Your Birthday. That's by Bob Marks. It's such an interesting book. And you know, for a lot of people, when they're coming to astrology, now what we're talking about here might seem like oh my God, where do I start? And you have an astrology class, astrology for life. Do you want to talk about that and how that can help people to really begin understanding astrology so they can learn how to do things like um, a solar return or, you know, eventually maybe start trying their hand at cartography too. Where do we start?
1: Sure. So I do have this class called astrology for life. And I mean, I've been teaching for about 18 years and I thought, all right, it's time to make a class that both encompasses natal chart reading plus tracking the planetary cycles. Uh, So this class is a really unique course um, and you can take it at your own pace. So that's the great thing about it. It's very organized. Basically I teach you a concept in astrology in the natal chart, And as I teach you that, I teach you how to use that in your daily life as well. So like if we're learning about, say, the moon signs and the moon phases, you'll learn how to read that in the natal chart, but also then how to track them in your life. Uh, We focus a lot on the nodal axis and karmic astrology in this course as well, Uh, but everything I teach is both natal and predictive. So it's it's a really unique format and you get a lot out of it. If, if you're a beginner um, or even an advanced beginner, I would recommend this course. And we do have a great Tarot Lady VIP code discount for people that are interested in the course as well.
0: Yeah, and all you gotta do is you gotta go to uh, the website and that is RebeccaGordonAstrology.com and you want to look for Astrology for Life. And the VIP code is Lady, and you get 25% off. So definitely make sure you plug that in, check that out. It is so awesome. All of your classes, and I've taken many classes with you, they're so high quality. I always come away with such a new perspective, and I really appreciate that about your teaching, Rebecca.
1: Thank you. That means the world coming from you as I truly admire you. I mean, I have admired you for years, and you know how it feels to have one of the people that you admire so much in your class. That is the most <laughs> chill, tingly feeling ever. So I'm honored. I'm honored that you have enjoyed the classes so much. I mean, teaching is certainly one of my favorite things to do. I think there's nothing better than sharing information and learning, getting inspired. I know you and I always talk about how we love to constantly learn. And that's also what I look for in a teacher or somebody who's learning all the time. One of my older teachers was like, um, they, they correct themselves. They say, you know, two years ago, I used to think that, but I changed my mind and I'm, I just learned this. And I adore that level of humility too. And I find the best teachers have that.
0: Yes, it's so important. And I mean, you know, and yes, we have talked about this. I've been studying tarot and astrology for, you know, over 40 years. And I'm still studying. I'm still a student. I read all the books. I take classes whenever I can, because I don't want to get, I always like, I like to say, I don't want to get so high on my own supply, that all I think about is my way is the right way. And sometimes maybe I take a class and I learn something. Sometimes maybe it's like, oh, this is aligned with the way I believe. And sometimes I get my mind blown. So I think it is important to keep learning. And I'm just so grateful that I've been, that I've had the great fortune of taking classes with you because you really, really uh, deliver the information the in way that I love. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. That means the world to me. And thanks so much for having me on your podcast.
0: Well, I want to thank you for being a guest and, all right, well, I think we better wrap this up or we'll be talking all day. So everybody, what you want to do again is get on over to Rebecca's website, uh, RebeccaGordonAstrology.com. Please follow her on Instagram too. Uh, you're going to get so much information if you sign up on our newsletter. Uh, make sure you take the class, Astrology for Life. It's going to get you started in the right direction with a good foundation underneath your feet. So please do that. Anywhere else they could be finding you or anything else they need to know, Rebecca?
1: All the links are in the show notes, but I also wanted to say I, um, yeah, the Instagram is Rebecca Gordon Astrology, but I I created a free guide to tracking your moon signs that is also in the notes that basically helps you align your life with the lunar signs. So you all can download that if you'd like as well. Uh, Thank you.
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those will be in the show notes. So please make sure you download that because that is going to help you to learn how to apply astrology, not just, you know, read a book on it. All right, folks, that is all for today's episode. If you're enjoying the show, you know what I want you to do. I want you to go to iTunes and I want you to leave a kind review because that is the best way to help new listeners discover the show. And of course, I appreciate that so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes and so much more. Again, that's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.